Hi, you're listening to Kate and Catherine. And we're going to show you how to find your Prince Charming so that you can finally live happily ever after <laughs> forever and ever. No. No. <laughs> no. We are definitely not going to do that. We are sick of that story and it's a lie. It is a lie. You're listening to The New Truth, a modern woman's guide to extraordinary love. We are going to show you how the fairy tale love story stops you from experiencing the love you truly desire. Listen to hear how to break free from sacrifice and struggle in relationship. And learn the new truth about love in a way that you've never heard it before. We're so happy you're here. Keep listening. Hello, my loves. Kate Harlow here. Before you dive into this week's episode, I just wanted to share with you about the five-day Expanded Love Masterclass that is back by popular demand. It's totally free. And this is a five-day experience with me where we're going to go deep into all five saboteur archetypes that show up in dating and relationships. Now, the dates have changed. So if you click the link below or on my website, theunscriptedwoman.com, and you sign up for the Expanded Love Masterclass, notice that the dates are March 20th through 24th. They've change from the original dates. So it's five days, totally free. And you are going to get so intimate with the part of you that actually stops you from experiencing love in many different ways. And even if you're in a relationship, she stops you from actually letting love in, from being able to receive love. Um, this part of you keeps you trying to control love or shape-shifting yourself to get love or being in fantasy and getting swept off your feet in, you know, really unhealthy dynamics, self-sacrificing yourself isolating your feelings, not getting vulnerable. Um, there's so many aspects to the saboteur and there's five core archetypes that we're going to dive into. So if you haven't done the expanded love masterclass before, join me. It is life freaking changing because guess what? Your saboteur doesn't just show up in your dating life. Your saboteur shows up at work. Your saboteur shows up in your friendships. Your saboteur shows up everywhere. So to understand yourself in this way is so life-changing. So I would love to have you join me. And if you're ready to break free from all these funky, weird patterns that are keeping you hurting in relationships or keeping you hurting dating, then join me, especially if you're a woman who is trapped in the cycle of beating herself up, feeling bad on the inside, comparing yourself to everyone on the outside. There's so much more possible for you when you are not operating from your sabotaging saboteur patterns. And uh, it's not who you are. It's not the truth of who you are. It makes dating so much easier and relationships so much easier and more pleasurable and fun when you are able to connect with the truth of who you are and not be leading from protection. So would love to see you there. Click the link below this video and spread the word to all your gal pals. There's an extra week to share the news. Um, it will be March 20th through 24th. I will see you there. It's inside a private Facebook group. Once you register, you'll get access to the private Facebook group in your email and enjoy the episode. Much love. Hello, beautiful. Welcome to the New Truth Podcast, episode 166 for the woman who's checked all the boxes and still isn't happy. I am so freaking excited to have this conversation today. Catherine and I have talked a lot about how we can keep expanding the podcast in different ways we can convey this message to you, knowing every episode, really, we're just saying the same thing in many different ways. And one of the things we decided that we want to start doing is having conversations with the women who have really done the work. And I, even though I hate it, calling it the work, but have worked with us, who have been on the journey with us and who have transformed their ways of being, their pain, their challenges in love, in life, in purpose, and have conversations with them about how they felt before and what their journey looks like now. So I'm having a conversation today with one of my favorite humans in the world. Her name is Rachel Cowie, also known as Estella, which is her heroine name in the work that I do with women. Uh, they get to name their soul self and Estella is the, one of my favorite heroine names of all time. I love this name so much. 
And Estella and I, we're, I'm just going to call her Estella because I can't call her Rachel, but Rachel is a spa owner. She lives in Delaware, a little beach town. Wait, is Delaware a state? It is. Okay. Where in Delaware are you? So we're, I'm on the coast. So I'm at the beach in Delaware and Delaware is a teeny tiny state. So you can literally get through the whole state in about an hour drive. But oh, okay. I'm on the East Coast. So I live in Dewey Beach, Delaware. Dewey Beach, Delaware. And she's a beach babe. She loves the water and loves the beach and um, has a really, really powerful story um, that I want her to share with you today. So you can get a feel for really the point is like every episode we're sharing tools and, and practices and perspectives for you to take on so that you can start to feel liberated in your life and happy in your life and within yourself. And so Rachel, AKA Estella is going to share her story and her journey from where she was before she started this journey. You were listening to the podcast, weren't you? I was. Yeah. So I listened to your podcast for a few months before I actually reached out to you and said, hello. For just a few months. I think so. Yeah. As I learned about you and just clicked pretty instantly, I listened to one of your talks about confidence and then clicked with everything you were saying, started listening to the podcast and then immediately knew I needed to reach out and didn't really know what that looked like. But as soon as I reached out, I knew that I was meant to work with you. Yeah. So that's your soul. And that, that is like, I love that you shared that because you, before, before us pressing record here, we were having a long conversation about the journey. And one of the things you shared is even when you were in the muck of your marriage and you were checking the woman who was checking all the boxes and, you know, never feeling happy and never feeling quite enough. And we're going to, of course, unpack that today. You said that you still had your soul there, like your soul, the soul part of you that was nudging you was there, which of course it always is. But most women don't know how to listen to that part of themselves. So your soul was the one that got us on the phone together and you've been on a wild journey. One of my favorite transformational journeys that I've witnessed on this uh, in these many years that I've been doing this work. And I'm excited for you to share your story. So let's start at the beginning. So, and we'll get to like your amazing spa that you just opened and, and your life there. But this is for the woman who is, you know, maybe some women that are listening are still in that unhappy place inside of themselves and in their marriage and in their life. Um, and, you know, of course, women who just left that life and are starting over and they're going to learn so much from your story. So tell us a bit about where you were at before you even heard the podcast when you were, before you moved to Delaware, when you were married, who was that woman? How were you feeling at that time in your life? Yeah. So that, that woman is quite different from where I'm at now. And, um, I was married, so I was with a man for about 10 years. And I think the biggest, the biggest change in myself came from actually becoming married. And it had to do with filling the role of being married and becoming a wife. And I was did you always... hold on? Am I going to interject with questions because I have a curious question already? Sorry for interrupting. But did you did you before you got married? Did you desire to be married? Was that like one of the things you wanted, or how did you even end up there? That's a great question. No. So as you said before, I've always had this little nudge and a deep knowing inside of me for a really, really long time. She's always been there, but society and condi conditioning took over that and told me that that wasn't who I was supposed to be. And I was supposed to be somebody else. And so in myself and seeking happiness and seeking the life that I thought everybody had, I thought I had to follow all the roles and check all the boxes and be successful in everybody else's mind. And I thought that that would bring my happiness. I thought that that would bring my joy and that would be my soul led life. And so I just kept following that and getting married, actually being in a relationship, all of that was part of checking the boxes. Oh, wow. So you felt this and was it, so you say society, did you actually feel pressure because your friends around you were getting married or were getting into relationships or like how, or was it Instagram or would you think it was accumulation of things? I think it was all of that. Um, and it was, 
I think the biggest part of it was feeling as an outsider if I didn't do it. So I did watch everybody else do it. And I watched my friends do it and have the big celebration. I was part of a lot of weddings and I was in weddings, watching my sisters get married. And I just felt that if I didn't do that, there was something wrong with me. Uh, Yeah, I'm sure many women are relating to that. Another thing I love about this conversation is there's also women listening who still want the checklist and want to check these boxes thinking that's what's going to make them happy. So did you, did you actually think it was going to make you happy? Was that a belief or just that you were going to do life right? No, I absolutely thought that it was, that was the next step in making my life happy and making making a difference in how I felt and what my life would be. And so what happened when you met the guy, got married, like how did, where did it go? Well, marriage changed my life in a lot of ways, but I think the biggest one was I had a new role. So I think the checklist also contained so many different roles into what I had to check off. So I had to wanted to be the career woman. I wanted to be successful and now I wanted to be a wife. And so I started looking outside of myself in what made a good wife and what everybody else thought made a good wife. And I think social media played a big part in that, um, in joining groups, um, in our area and where we were and watching how other women took care of men. And that's even in my family structure as well. Um, And defining myself as a wife and making sure that I checked those boxes to take care of him. So did you, were you like actively seeking how to be a good wife? Like you were like reading books and like going to groups to like be a good wife or was it more subtle than that? It was a little more subtle than that, but it was driven by the lack that I had in myself. So I didn't have the confidence in myself to say that I was a good partner and I was a good wife. And so I was, it's, it goes back to me constantly looking for that manual of constantly thinking that everybody else had the answers and I didn't, and I had to find them. So instead of trusting myself and knowing that I was in a good partnership and that he loved me just for who I was. And I loved him for who he was. Instead of trusting that and leaning into that, I became this person who just needed to find the answers of how to be a good wife and how to be this almost robotic person looking for their manual. Sounds like perfectionism. (laughs) And I imagine it showed up, it's shown up in many areas of your life beyond just relationship. I was like, Oh, I'm doing this thing. Now I got to do it perfectly. I got to be the best, you know, and I got to play this role for somebody else, the best, which has nothing to do with, of course, yourself and how you feel and you taking care of you. It's just about like needing to be something for someone else. Hence my throwing up earlier, <laughs> my puking sound. It's like, I can't even like the, the hearing the term, like I got to be a good wife, um, makes me cringe for many reasons, but We don't need to get into that. So when you were being the perfect wife, so essentially you disowned yourself probably even more than you already had throughout your life. Yes. Does that feel accurate? Absolutely. So, and then, yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, that's okay. I thought I completely ignored, like I always had that like soul feeling and the nudges, but when that came in and the marriage came in, I completely ignored all of that and just Mm. was like, no, you don't, you've never done this before, right? You've never been a wife before. You've never been married before. So ignore all the nudges and ignore all the intuition. You have to do this now. I was like following (laughs) a brand new manual. And so when you got the manual and you started to learn how to be a wife perfectly, what was the ramifications? How did that impact your inner world and how you felt about yourself and your life? I forgot about myself. So I led this life where from the outside, if you were watching me and watching us, it looked beautiful. That was all. And that's where social Mm -hmm. media comes in is that I only posted the highlight reel and everything looked great. It looked like we were happy. It looked like we were doing the right things and growing together and checking the boxes. And deep down inside, I felt so unhappy and untaken care of and Mm. left wondering 
but wait a second, I checked all the boxes and I did all the right things. So why am I not feeling rewarded? Why am I not feeling happy about what's going on? And then do I need to find the next manual on how to be happy again? Right. (laughs) Happy for no reason. There's a book. Um, Yeah. You know, it's just the perfect illustration. I should bring you into the expanded love masterclass that's happening in a couple of weeks or it's happening next week um, to talk about this is the perfect uh, explanation, or maybe I'll just tell your story of the fantasy addict controller archetype of the saboteur, because the fantasy addict controller is like, as long as everyone thinks my life looks perfect on the outside, I'll be okay. Like that, that means I'm enough as long, but the reality is you never feel like enough because you're constantly chasing enoughness with having your life look perfect on the outside. I have a client who talked about her, like that she has friends in her or like people in her neighborhood that have like competitions on whose kitchen is the nicest when they throw parties and like renovate their kitchen over and over and over again. And it's just like this, this it's really, it feels like to me, like a disease, you know, the fantasy obsession, especially in North America and and the Western world and first world countries, the obsession with fantasy, the not just love, like the the love that looks good on the outside, but you're feeling completely disconnected and, and empty on the inside. But the life that looks perfect on the outside and how, how all that actually does is make everyone around you feel shitty because they're looking at your life thinking and you thinking you have it all together and your life is perfect. Meanwhile, you, you didn't feel that way at all. Right. Not at all. No, not, I mean, not one bit at all that I feel like I was doing the right thing or had it together, but I certainly was showing it like I did. Yeah. Yeah. So we think it's actually bringing us like making us fit in more and making people like us more, but it's doing the opposite. It's actually, which is the saboteur protective mechanisms are always creating the opposite experience. So it is like what it's actually doing is having people, it's pushing people away because people feel Mm -hmm. like, oh, you've got it all together and I'm a mess. So we can't be close because you've got it all together. So, and then they compare themselves to you and they feel shitty about themselves. I'm sure you've done this many times with other people. Um, And it just keeps this fake life alive. And how I just, it breaks my heart to think of how many women right now are living their big fake life and miserable on the inside and longing for answers and longing for, to feel something But we've just, and the world keeps getting more fake, like the obsession with plastic surgery. Now the obsession with, you know, our bodies. And I think that's always been there, but like, we're becoming more obsessed with not aging, obsessed with everything's about the, the material world and the physical world. And it's fake. It's like, there's Mm -hmm. no, there's no, um, there's no, nothing real in it. And so everyone feels empty inside of their big, beautiful houses and their big, beautiful faces that don't move and their big, you know, and their beautiful bodies that they spend a million hours at the gym working out to get so that they look good for everyone on the outside. It's lonely on the inside of that life. Is that how you felt? Very lonely, very, very lonely. And I would say that it wasn't just my marriage that I did that for when you brought up going to the gym and you brought up, I mean, there were so many aspects of me that I was trying to change or trying to transform into something that didn't even feel right to me. But I just thought that I I thought I had to, I thought I had to be fit. I thought I had to be successful. I thought I had to have a good career. I thought I had to have a man. I thought I had to have all of those things to appear great in my audience's eye. And meanwhile, the audience didn't matter. It was what I wanted inside of me, but I just kept suppressing that and pushing it away and ignoring it for so long. And I imagine, I I know everybody has that deep soul light in their life and it might feel very far away. I mean, it felt very far away for a long time, but in me finding it and me finding you was actually part of another checklist because When I found you, I had gone through my divorce and then it was like, okay, so now where's my checklist on healing and how do I prove to everybody that I did this, but I can also heal and come out better quote unquote to everybody else. So so what was driving that? 
was it shame? Was that shame driving that? Like feeling shameful that you left your marriage. So now you had to prove to people that you could heal from it. Correct. Yeah. Wow. So um, can we tell everyone the name of your saboteur? So for those of you who don't know, the the Expanded Love Masterclass is happening next week, the 13th to the 17th. We'll link it below this video so you can sign up. But in the, my work I do with women, they get to know their saboteur, which is your protective mechanisms, all those saboteur archetypes that play out that stop us from actually experiencing the love and life that we desire and from being who we really are. And then you have your heroine, which is your soul self. And it's all about untethering from your saboteur so your heroine can start to lead your life. So we already said your heroine name is Estella, but what's your saboteur name? So my saboteur name is Cassandra. And when she's being really controlling and really crazy, we call her Cassie. (laughs) And so no offense to any Cassandras out there. We love you. Um, It's a lovely name. So, and that's kind of why you chose it because it's like this perfect name, this beautiful, perfect (laughs) name. And so Cassandra is the part of you that's just working was, and still obviously your saboteur is always there to a degree. And over time, it gets easier and easier to not let her lead. Um, but your saboteur is the part of you that wanted everything to be perfect for everyone else. So you said earlier for my audience, and I'm sure people are like, what does she mean? Like, that's the fantasy addict controller living life for the audience is living life for everyone else. Meanwhile, everyone is in their own world, in their own shit, in their own fantasy, in their own pain, doing their own thing, you know, not really caring that much about your life. And even if they are, it's not even really about you. It's about them. Um, but isn't that funny? We're all just living our lives for everyone else. Meanwhile, everyone else is too busy to be watching our life. So it's like this illusion <laughs> that there's an audience watching. Um, but so tell us about Cassandra. So she, so in your marriage, she had you being perfect. And then eventually you couldn't let, tell us about how you left and then your new life. Right. So Cassandra is really controlling. So the controller is who I relate to the most in the saboteur archetypes. Um, And so Cassandra just controlled everything of the marriage. Um, I was, my, my ex-husband called me the boss. So um, it was like, check with the boss. And then I was also a boss in my career. So check with the boss and she led everything and controlled everything. And what that did is, I mean, it just brought up so much worry and so much anxiety and the need to feel that I had to get ahead of everything and that I had to be in control and that everyone expected me to know how to do it and know the answers and know how to get it done. And so that went back to seeking for all the answers too. It was like, well, if someone comes to me and needs needs an answer and my husband needs something, then I have to know the answers. So how can I find all this? And how can I know all this? And how can I get ahead of it? And it left me in a state of complete anxiety, constant worry, and then constantly not feeling good enough because I always had to figure a way out to get ahead. Yeah, that's, I can't even imagine. So constant anxiety, constant worry, and never feeling good enough because you felt like you had to be everything for everyone else. Right. And I felt like I was in charge of everything. So all of like everything was on my shoulders. And if something were to go wrong, it was my fault. Wow. That's a lot of pressure. So you lived in this state of thinking everything was on your shoulders. Did you sleep at night? It sounds like a recipe for not sleeping. (laughs) (laughs) So the one thing that was true is I could sleep because I was so exhausted. Exhausted, I was so tired of just functioning and and over-functioning constantly that when I lay down at night, I had to rest because my mind was just going and going and going and going that it had to just stop. And so I was able to sleep. But when I was awake, the awake part was the worst because it was just this running brain, this running thought, this running trail, this constantly like, where am I going next? And how do I succeed at that? And how do I keep proving? And then how do I get to the next level? And how do I succeed that level. And then how do I keep going? And then one day it was like, well, when am I going to feel good doing any of this? Because I kept checking the boxes and never felt good. Yeah. 
And isn't it, we were talking about earlier, how, isn't it weird how like we keep checking the boxes thinking it's going to be the next thing. And we actually believe our saboteurs. We're like, oh, okay. So when I get the relationship, oh, when we get married, oh, when we plan the perfect wedding, oh, when I get the house in perfect order, oh, when I renovate the kitchen, oh, when this thing happens. And we actually keep believing that the next thing, the next thing, the next thing is going to make us feel good. And yet we never get to feel good. It's like those micro moments or like for a week, you feel good because you're high on the fantasy of the thing, but you never actually get to experience it. Did you have those weeks or you never got to feel good? I just thought that that's what life was. I literally wow. thought that life was seeking a checkbox and checking it and then yes. maybe feeling good eventually, maybe some point I was going to feel good about this, but it was always seeking and now it's so different. I mean, now there's a complete, I mean, the opposite side of that, if we're ready to yeah. go into that is trust and actually not knowing what the next step is and being okay with that because that's where the magic lies. But before that, it had to be planned. It had to be coordinated. It had to be everything in a line. And I had to know where I was going and had to get myself there. And it was like, instead of allowing my path to just be there and I can find my way on this path. It was how do I carve this path perfectly? How do I make sure it's straight? And how do I make sure it's clear? And how do I make sure I know where I'm going and do all the things that I'm supposed to do to get there? And what was the fear if you didn't do it perfectly? That I wasn't good enough, that I didn't, I wasn't able to do it. So I was incompetent. I wasn't able to do it. I wasn't smart enough to figure it out and that I didn't have those answers. I really, really thought that everybody had this magical book uh, that, that they knew what they were doing and that I lacked this like book of how, how to do life. And so I constantly sought all the information and all the knowledge to try to figure out what everybody else knew and how I could get it but it was inside of me the whole time. That's because you're, yes. And this is what we say every episode. <laughs> I love that. It was inside. It's like the wizard of Oz. It was inside of you all along my dear, right? Dorothy, when she clicked her heels and got to go home, like that is so true. And, um, and so you went from your marriage, you decide, you realize that that wasn't the thing like that would make you happy. And you were so far away from yourself. So then you moved to this beach town in Delaware and Cassandra just showed up in a new way. So we, the reason we name this in this, in the work that I do, it's called the expanded love method um, that I've created over my many, many, many years of coaching. And the reason we name that part of parts of ourselves is part of ourselves is because your saboteur is your false identity. It's not you. When you were three years old, you were not doing all this stupid shit. <laughs> I'm sorry not to call it stupid, but all these crazy like Stepford wife you know, mechanisms to be the perfect human, um, wanting a book to do life perfectly. You weren't doing that when you were a kid, you were being wildly expressed and free and joyful and playful and, and vulnerable and real and all of everything in between. And so we learn through our family system, family of origin, through our school system, through all of the people that influence us, traumatic experiences that happen, we morph ourselves into a version of ourselves of who we think we need to be in the world in order to survive, in order to feel good enough, in order to get loved, in order to feel like we matter or belong. And so we're doing all these weird things to get all those things, but actually it's only reinforcing that you don't, you're not good enough, reinforcing that you don't belong, reinforcing that you're, you don't matter. Like all of our, our protective mechanisms are reinforcing whatever that those beliefs are that we hold uh, deep down. So your saboteur Cassandra took you on a journey to Delaware and, and your soul, your hair, Estella took you there too, because your soul was like, Hey, I can't do this anymore. I'm going to follow my heart. Right. She did. So I started, I, it's interesting. I started getting nudges. So about, about like six to eight months before my marriage ended, I started getting some nudges, um, to do something different. And honestly, Back then, I thought that these nudges were actually going to make me a better wife while also knowing that it was untraditional or different, but I was still, I was still doing it for the marriage and for the relationship and to save that. 
So when things started getting rocky, I thought that these nudges to do something different were just a different way of solving those things. And then it all unfolded. So I originally had told myself that I was coming to the beach town for the summer. So I was going to come down to the beach town for the summer and just have an interesting summer working at the beach and having fun and finding myself, but finding myself so that I could go back and fix our relationship. And (laughs) it was still all about solving that problem. So then when so it still wasn't really for you. It was like, mm-hmm. I'm going to find myself for my partner and for my relationship. Mm-hmm. Yes. But it kept getting louder, the nudges. And I was just like, I'm just listening. I'm going to start listening to what I'm doing. And then I moved to the beach and things became a lot more clear in very different ways. And I understood what I was doing. And I made the decision to leave the marriage and went through the roller coaster of dissolving the marriage. And then as soon as that happened, I was left with, oh, wait, now what's the next step? Now what do I do with myself? Because that wasn't the plan at all. And it still feels good and it still feels right. But now I'm lost. And where do I go next? And I feel so grateful that I started listening to the podcast and understanding the new the new paradigm of love and the new relationships. And I related to that so much. And also had no idea how to get there. And so started seeking how to get there and working with you and thinking that there was still a destination of where I was going. Yes. I remember a couple months in, because at first we talked about the immersion and the immersion for those of you who don't know is, I mean, it's a group mentoring program that has some group work before and after and some coaching with me, but it's also a live deep dive, really expansive experience in Greece, where you touch every corner of your heart and soul, and you really meet yourself for the first time in many ways. And before, but you, you at the, at the time I remember were like, no, I'm not going to the immersion. Like you were so resistant to it. And I remember this one time you messaged me and you were like, Kate, I think I need to quit everything. I think it was like six weeks in. You're like, I just want someone to give me a manual for life. I know this is Cassandra, but I think this is how I'm supposed to live. Like, I just want to do life right. And I don't think I can do this journey (laughs) when we were working privately together. And, um, I didn't even remember what I said to you, but somehow we got you back <laughs> rooted and anchored. Yeah, I think, you know, it goes back to the point too, where I think I thought the immersion was a celebration of fixing yourself. And I thought that you had to, it was still, it goes back to checking all the boxes, right? right. So going back to, okay, so I'm working with a coach now and I've entered her program and I'm going to do this program perfectly. I'm going (laughs) to show up and check all the boxes and make sure this is right. And then I'm going to get to go to Greece and have a celebration that I did it right. And when I come back, I'm going to be this brand new person and everyone's going to see this different Rachel and be so happy for me that I healed myself. So now your healing is for the audience. This is so good because it's actually like, I love this conversation, this story, because all the women who were in the perfect marriage who are now on the growth path, like I'm sure many of them are doing exactly this. So this is such a great story because the immersion for you is the opposite of that. I was like, we're going to take that book with the rules in it. We're going to burn it (laughs) to the ground. And, um, but yeah, it's so funny that what got you there was a combination of your soul knowing, Mm -hmm. and also your saboteur's story of like why you were going and what this journey was. Absolutely. Yes. The immersion was nothing of what I expected at all. I mean, I still thought I was going to show up to this and after working with you for how long beforehand, I still thought I was going to show up to this immersion in Greece. And I thought, you know, meeting you in person for the first time, you were going to tell me how to do it. You were going to tell me it all. You were going to give me a list of things that I had to do to make sure I was on the right path. And it was so far from that. And it even took a couple of days. I mean, even arriving in Greece and being in Greece and being in the first two days of the immersion, I was still seeking and looking and And then hoping to prove, I remember the first two days being stuck in, oh my gosh, what does everyone think I'm doing here right now? And how do I prove that this was right? And how do I prove that this was the right decision and that I learned something 
and that I came out being a different Rachel. And then it was about day three, I feel like that, that I got it. And the feelings that I felt being on the calls with you and working with you were always genuine and soft and real, but I wasn't living like that completely in my life. And so the immersion part of it for me was being able to live in that and be accepted in that and to be loved as that for those five or six days. And then to come back and figure out how to actually have that in my life too. Yes. Yeah. It's like you in the, like the beginning of the immersion reveals all your patterns, right? And they all, especially at the live experience, like everyone's patterns get brought to the surface at the beginning because everyone goes there. Even the ones who think like, oh, I've already got it figured out. I've done all the coaching beforehand. So, and the reclamation, and I know, you know, I've got this, I know my heroine, I know my saboteur and more, so much more gets illuminated because all of a sudden you've removed everything that reflects who you think you are. Like your environment is different. You're in a brand new culture, brand new country in a room full of women you've never met before in person, um, in a, in an environment that is there to hold you to who you are and to guide you back home. And, and so at first, the first part of the, the, process or the journey is really revealing all of these layers and layers and layers of who you're not. And we, of course, at the immersion, we, I don't talk about what we do at the immersion. No one, no one knows until they get there. And as it unfolds, what actually happens there, but really it's very experiential. And the reason it's so powerful is because you're not in your environment that reflects who you think you are. And you're in this brand new environment, brand new culture. And now there's so much more space to play with, to, to go beyond who you think you are. So you can actually access who you really are underneath. And so we do all these, you know, wild practices and processes that allow you to start to meet parts of yourself you would never meet in your day-to-day -day life. And I remember, I, I mean, there's certain women where I can remember the moment. And I remember the moment for you where you, where it dropped, like the penny dropped and you dropped into yourself. And I'll never forget one thing I will share about the immersion uh, detail is we do a beauty photo shoot at the end. I have a photographer, um, angel, brilliant photographer who's there every immersion and she's capturing the journey. And she does this beauty photo shoot for every woman at the end. And it's not you, it's your heroine because you is like Rachel is really Cassandra, right? When we first start a journey like this, your, your name and who you think you are, so much of that is your conditioned self and your false identity that you created to survive your childhood. And so um, I'll never forget, I went to the bathroom and I came out and you were in this uh, queen chair in the photo shoot overlooking the, the Ionian Sea in Corfu, Greece. And nobody had sat in that chair in any of the photo shoots. So you were the first one to use it and you're kicking your legs up and you're wearing a silk green dress and you're, you, you were laughing and you were so fucking surrendered and so experiencing your own body, your own pleasure, your own sensuality. And all of us were mesmerized by you. I think I have like 400 photos and videos of you from your, from your photo shoot and the pink dress in the field in the long grass and like you were home inside of yourself and you were more beautiful. I mean, you are a gorgeous woman and you were more beautiful than I've ever seen you before because you were home. And that like that moment for, of your journey. And of course, every woman has her own version of it, but yours just like stuck so deeply in my heart because you were so, Cassandra was so rigid. She was so rigid and, and attached to that perfectionist. And really just, you were trapped in your head as opposed to in your body, being in your body and living from the truth of who you are. Exactly. Yeah. I, I lived everything from my mind. It was, my mind was in charge and my body was just there to facilitate really. And it was there to work out and quote unquote, look good, but there was no, there was nothing that my body, I never felt inside of myself. I was always inside of my head. And I remember even at the immersion, I still thought that everybody was on the same path. And then I think the beauty about the group work and the group work in person was seeing that we all have our own light and we all have our own path. And even though we were all participating in the same activities and the same event at the immersion, 
it all happened so differently. And there wasn't, there wasn't a checkbox. There wasn't a manual. There wasn't a script of how to get from your saboteur into your heroine. And that was the thing that was eliminated at the immersion for me. Yes, 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 yes. It was everything. I mean, the, the event is very structured, but there's the, the, your, your personal journey is like pure flow and, and whatever arises for you there. So yeah, every single journey is different. And then you get to see, you know, the irony is every single saboteur wants to be special. Like think about our conditioning around love. I want to be chosen. I want to be special. I want to be the one that he wants to be with and stays with forever. And we want specialness, but we also all want to be the same. Oh, I have to look the same. I have to wear the fashion trends. I have to dress the same. This is what my body's supposed to look like because this is the trend right now. My life has to be the same as everyone else's. I have to be married. I have to have kids. I have to have to have to have to. And yet also wanting specialness, like how that's like complete oscillation, that they're, they're conflicting desires, but that that's the saboteur conditioning versus when we actually touch our souls and learn to live from that place, you get to see the beauty of every single woman and how different we are and unique we are when we're on in a soul level and your our gifts are unique and your purpose and everything your beauty is unique and that's one of my favorite parts of the immersion is seeing every single woman in their most radiant beauty like every woman is so fucking beautiful when she's home inside of herself like unbelievably beautiful right and no matter their past and no matter what they've been through and no matter how they got to where they were it's their own beauty it's yes. not the beauty that everyone else is teaching us. It's not the beauty that society says we need. It's such a beauty that is owned by each individual person. Yeah. And I think that was the biggest thing that I needed to learn was that this beauty isn't found from outsourcing and isn't found from the audience. It's found from within me and everyone else can find their beauty from within themselves too. Yes. And then you stop comparing yourself to everyone around you and stop trying to change yourself to be, because the irony is like, when we think about your, you're talking about living in your head and how, when you live in your head, there's chaos in your body. You felt anxiety, you felt exhausted, you felt probably stressed out, worried, all, all these different things. Your body felt horrible. I'm imagining. Mm -hmm. And, and then when you live in your body, it's the opposite. It's the opposite. So like we're living in our heads to try and feel good, but you'll never feel good when you're living from your head for everyone else. Living in your head facilitated the controlling. I remember going to bed at night and having to have a plan of the exact time I would wake up, the exact time of what I would do, the exact things of what I would do. And if anything got in the way of that, oh man, it would throw me off. I would be upset. I would be mad. I would be angry at the world. It could be the smallest thing. You know, mm -hmm. my scoop of yogurt hit the floor. Oh man, like that would just have thrown me off and made me so mad at the entire day because wow. it threw off the plan and the control of the day. And now the opposite is learning that sometimes things happen and Always trusting, happen. right? <laughs> trusting that everything that happens is just meant to be there and how do you keep living through it and how do you laugh about it and move on because ultimately we're not in control of anything and nothing exactly and like learning to dance with life instead of like suffering constantly because you're trying to control something that actually is not controllable not no other person in your life is controllable nor are there circumstances that happen in your life like mm -hmm. absolutely everything is out of our control so controllers this woman who checks all the boxes and is trying to live life perfectly that's such a long um painful path because never ever ever will things go according to plan and that is how we learn and grow and evolve. But when you are wanting everything to go according to plan, you're just living in a state of stress all the time. And that is really bad for our health. I mean, God, the number one, you know, killer of women is heart disease. And because we don't listen to our hearts, we don't tend to our hearts. We don't care for our hearts. We just live from this place of trying to control everything. And um, I also like the controller, the, the root of the controller archetype and join me in the masterclass next week. If you want to know more about what your archetype is, I will link it below this video, but the controller archetype, the root of it is I don't feel safe. I don't trust the world. I don't trust life. I don't trust people. 
So I'm going to do everything myself. I'm going to control everything myself. And then I will create, you know, safety for myself, essentially is underneath. And you'll never feel safe because you, you can't control anything outside of you. So now you're never going to feel safe in the world. It's actually perpetuating you not feeling safe versus safety comes from you following your soul, listening to your heart, following those nudges and those truths and trusting the, like you said, dancing with life, trusting the divine orchestration of life and what happens because that's when you learn you're safe, because no matter what happens, you can handle it when you actually just welcome it and learn from it and grow from it instead of try and control it. Right. And you can, you can dance with it and you can, everything's going to be okay because having the like predicting life and knowing what's coming ahead, that's what never was rewarding to me. It was like, Oh, I know this is going to happen. So I'm going to make it happen. And then it's there and I've checked the box. Hmm. Okay. What's next? Yes. And now letting life happen mm. for me is rewarding because yeah. I don't have to know what's coming. I don't have yes. to know what box I'm checking next or what script I'm following. It's happening for me and just unfolding and I'm allowing it to. Yes. And then you actually get to feel satiated instead of like chasing satiation, chasing feeling good, but then never getting to have it. You get to live in that place most of the time and cult keep cultivating that inside of yourself. So if you were to give us paint a picture um, of what your life, what's different about you in your life now, how do you do it differently to how you did it before this journey? What's different for me is the trust in myself. So before I used to think that everybody else had the answers and now I know that there aren't answers. So mm -hmm. no one has the answers because there's not one, but there is a truth for each of us. And that truth for each of us is different and our body and soul knows that truth, but it just takes some time to be able to figure out how to check in with that and then trust it. So the big difference in myself now is listening um, is being confident in what my soul says before, if my soul would say something, I would have to like fact check it with the society and the internet, like, okay, my soul says this, but wait, is that true? Is that going to make me happy? So now it's, it's forgetting all of that. It's not looking for the manual anymore. And it's listening to myself and living from that point and knowing that that's my truth and trusting that that's my truth and that's okay. And that's where everything comes from. That's where the self-love comes from. That's where the happiness, I hate to use that word, but um, the reward comes from actually having, being able to show my soul and know what my soul wants to do and then living in it. Yeah. So essentially your life is your own, not everyone else's. Like there's nobody else who actually really cares about what's happening in your life. Like your life is your own. And the only one who can shift is you. And, um, and also you dreamed many, many years, you've worked in the spa industry for a very long time, running other people's spas. And you had this lifelong dream. I'll call it. I don't know how long you had the dream, but to open your own spa one day. And what did you just do a few months ago or a month ago? A month ago. Yes. And I did. So when I, I go back to saying my soul always knew, and it is the truth. When I graduated high school, um, my graduation cake was like, welcome to Rachel's spa. Pretty much. I wanted to have my own spa since I graduated from high school. Wow. And it took many, many years and it, you know, a lot of it was seeking the information of like, well, how does everybody else do the spa? How does everybody else run their spa? That's how I can do it. That's how I can be successful and not trusting that my 18 year old self knew that I was going to own and operate a spa. And yeah. So finally, I mean, even if you were, I mean, at the immersion, I sat on the couch at the immersion and cried and so that I would never own my own spa. It was so much doubt around it and so much uncomfortability. And then a month ago, I opened my own spa. And, and this is a year after your immersion. And I remember saying to you, you're, you'll do it. Your soul, it's there. You will do it. And we had a little like moment and uh, this is just over a year later, right? Right. And the trust, it wasn't. So Cassandra, 
would have come home from the immersion and said, well, everybody else thinks I can do it. So I I can do it. And here's how I'm going to do it. I'm going to start putting a plan into place. I'm going to make a checklist. I'm going to make sure everything's perfect and everything is exactly the way it should be to open this beautiful spa of mine. And that is not how it happened at all. And I think that's, (laughs) that's the beauty is that none, none of the information I collected, none of the solutions I thought I had, none of the answers everybody else gave me were actually how I got to opening the spa. Opening the spa came from a ton of trust and then universe magic and truly things in my life that I never knew. Um, my business partner. So I opened the spa with a business partner and her and I have only known each other for a couple of years and we weren't close. So even during, when I got back from the immersion, we weren't good friends. We had no idea that that would happen together, but the magic that just started happening when I opened up and said, I want to open my own spa and this is my goal and this is my dream. And I'm allowing the universe, universe to unfold as it is unfolded all of these different things to finally open the spa. And it was, it's nothing, nothing that I ever thought how it would go. And there is no checklist. I mean, the checklist that was, is ripped up and thrown out the window because this it didn't happen that way at all. Amazing. So you came home from the immersion and didn't let your saboteur open your spa. You let your soul lead it. And this is the the beauty of this story is that, and so many women have come to the immersion and uncovered their life purpose. We've had women write TED talks, women write books, because of course you get to know the magic of your soul. And like you say, magic, it unfolded. And a lot of women who are stuck in their heads, I'm sure like, what do you mean magic? Like, how is that possible? You don't know the magic till you're living from the truth of who you are in your soul. And then when you do live from that place, you get to see how supported you are and how life is leading you in the direction you want to go that what actually feels good for you. We just miss that when we're trying to control everything. We miss how supported we actually are and how many magical synchronicities, opportunities, the right person, the right place, like all of these things that it takes to step into your purpose. My purpose was very similar in my my own version of it, where it was divinely led. All, even the podcast was divinely led. It wasn't my idea. And so when something is aligned, that's how it goes. It's divinely led. And so you got to experience just that. I'm so proud of you. This is freaking incredible. So the name of your spa is? So the name of my spa is Ebb and Flow Holistic Spa. And it actually, the name came to me through meditation, which was a big part of my journey as well. And honestly, it's couldn't be more of a beautiful name because it is still the ebbs and flows. I mean, everything in my life has been the journey. I just didn't really understand the journey. I thought the journey was more crafted and controlled and correct. And now the journey is open and trusting and letting things happen. And in that it's not all magic. It's it ebbs and it flows. And there's for lack of a better word, there's good and bad. And it's just how to trust in yourself and the universe and let things happen and unfold the way that they should be, the way that your journey was meant to be. Amazing. I was going to say final words for the women. And I'd say that sounds like it, like trust and let the journey unfold as it, there's a magical journey in store for all of us, but most people miss it because they're too busy trying to control everything. So Ebb and Flow Spa, it's in Dewey Beach, um, Delaware. So if you happen to be passing by Dewey Beach, Delaware, where anytime soon, look Rachel up and go check in at Ebb and Flow Spa. I know you have lots of cool classes that happen there too, not just spa treatments, but also like wellness, I guess a holistic spa, so wellness workshops and, and different classes and amazing things happening. Yes. And the spa is in Lewis, Delaware, which there's so many teeny tiny towns um, just Ah. because we are such a tiny state, but it's in Lewis, Delaware, um, which is the first town in the first state. So there's a lot of history. It's a cute little historical town. So come visit for the town and the beach and to come to the spa and say hello, because there is so much more to the spa than doing massages and facials. And that's the journey that I was meant to have. And that journey didn't make sense and didn't fit into any manuals or check boxes, but it came to me and it's ever growing. There's so much more to it. And 
the final piece is like it's beforehand Cassandra just thought that the the tighter she held on the tighter she grasped for things the more control she had over every little thing I mean the anxiety came from literally controlling and tweaking every little thing in life and Cassandra thought that that would bring happiness because I could just control it all and letting go of that allowing others to help me and allowing the universe to help me was the biggest gift that I could have ever gotten on this path. Freaking amazing. So to the woman who has checked all the boxes and still isn't happy, follow the call of your soul. Join me in the masterclass next week and learn all about your saboteur. Get intimate with her because that's the first step. And if you feel a pull or a call to inquire about the immersion, about this path, about Catherine's work, about any path. Like if you, your soul is nudging you, your saboteur will get louder. She will be afraid, but follow the call of your soul. Like I'm sitting in front of this beautiful woman who's just a completely different human on the other side of this journey. And because you keep showing up for yourself, like, of course the immersion is uh, help, it's a, one of the paths to get you to connect with yourself and plug into yourself and really know yourself. And then it takes showing up over and over and over again. And you've done that so beautifully. So ebbing and flowing, as you said, expansion, contraction, they're always life will always challenge us. And it's like, what do we do with that challenge? How do we show up for ourselves in it? So thank you for this amazing conversation. I know so many women all over the world are going to be uh, so expanded and inspired from your story and also related to it. So thank you for sharing vulnerably and opening to us. I imagine and know this is the first time that you've done it in this way. So thank you. I love you. And um, stop by the Ebb and Flow Spa. We'll see you soon. Hello, beautiful. I hope that you enjoyed this week's extra special, different episode of a incredible woman, Estella, aka Rachel, who went on the journey of really learning how to live from her soul as opposed to the scripted life that we've all been taught we need to live. And, you know, I imagine that many of you, I imagine that you relate to her stories in many places. And so that's why I think this style of episode is so important to hear a woman's perspective of how she transformed and how she sees the world differently now. So because this episode, we obviously were talking about her journey, walking through the heroine journey of coming home to her heroine and doing so through my immersion program. I, I've actually had so many of you reach out to me over the years and say, I feel a call to the immersion, but I don't even know what it is. And I don't really talk a lot about it. It's kind of been this secret under secret underground movement that I've been leading for about seven years. So I wanted to tell you a little bit about the immersion so that if you are that woman who feels a call in her soul, um, that you know, and you can reach out to me. So basically the immersion is, um, it's, it's almost hard to put into words, but it's for the woman who is just done faking her life, just done, um, if you are, you know, feeling so disconnected from who you are, if you are feeling like you're just tired of putting everyone else first, but you don't even know what you desire. I work with a lot of women who exactly this episode checked all the boxes and wake up one day and feel like, God, I, I, no matter how many boxes I check, it's never enough. And underneath that is they don't feel like they're ever enough. So the immersion is a homecoming. The immersion is an awakening to the magic and beauty of who you are, of your soul. It's learning how to open your heart and how to live from your heart, as opposed to live from the guard and protection of your heart. That's what your saboteur is doing. So of course, join me in the masterclass March 20th to 24th. Um, but also I would love, love, love to have an exploration call. If you feel any curiosity about the immersion, it's a coaching program that includes a live luxury, incredible, expansive experience in Greece and Corfu, Greece on a great, one of my favorite Greek islands. Um, it is the home of the Greek goddesses. There's so much feminine energy in Greece. It is such a magical divine place to have an awakening. And every single woman that comes to the immersion walks out the gate of the immersion, a totally different woman who is anchored in herself, who's expanded, who feels her beauty, who is in love with the truth of who she is and connected to her own 
own soul. So, um, and also of course you leave with a whole lot of new best friends that will be soulmates for life. So it's a life changing journey. Um, if you feel even an inkling or curiosity, get on the phone with me. I would love to meet you in, in person, well, on Zoom, and then in person in Greece if you end up joining us. Um, there, there are two spots left in the upcoming immersion that's in the spring. So would love to have you join me. Would love to even just have a conversation with you about it. The immersion, it it's almost doesn't even have words, but I can put you in touch with women who've been through it. Um, Estella, I'm sure would love to talk to you, but it is just a life-changing journey. So if you're done with life being the same as it's always been and you're ready for something new, here is a catalyst. This is an experience that will completely change the trajectory of your life and how you show up in it. So um, would love to talk to you. Much love and um, enjoy the rest of your day. We'll see you next week. Hi, it's Kate. Thanks so much for listening to the New Truth Podcast. For more of Catherine and I, come hang out with us in the New Truth Movement Facebook group. We are in there. That's where we're sharing all about our programs and our free workshops that we do. Um, you can come join us there and ask as many questions as you want about the podcast episodes, about dating, relationships, any struggles you're having out there. We would love to support you. So come hang out with us in the New Truth Movement Facebook group, and we will see you soon.